Is there anything authentic to the podcast experience? That's the question. Um, Is the whole experience authentic? No. It's all made up. <laughs> it's all bullshit. It's all illusion. Yeah. Podcasts are bullshit. Podcasts are bullshit. Everyone already thinks I'm so pretentious. I don't know if that's going to help my cause. <laughs> yeah. Hello and welcome to Exiting Through the 2010s, a podcast where we reflect and dissect the movies of the past 10 years. I'm Jack Draper. With me is uh, my fuck buddy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> me? Getting in for roadside assistance. T-Money. Um, what uh, what you been watching recently? That's the best I could come up with for like a quote from the movie. But um, All right. No, we have to yeah. use that on every episode going forward now. <laughs> Yeah, now you have to always do that. Fuck buddy co-host, Tyler. Yeah, what's up? I'm here. um, Watched a lot of stuff over the Open for business. Yeah. Got in a lot of watches. Uh, Finally caught up. You and I both saw West Side Story. Finally saw West Side Story. Yeah, Yeah, really great. Uh, Did not expect it and did expect it to make one of my best of the year. And it's... uh, Really, really, just like, it's everything you want, like, and more, you know. Now, are you a fan of uh, the 1961 film? I think it's, I think it's terrific. I just yeah. haven't seen it in a very long time. Um, although I, sh- I should have rewatched just to compare, but I think I remembered the story well enough to not forget the entirety. I mean, it's basically like Romeo and Juliet, so it's like, okay, I'm like... Yeah, I mean, they're very similar. Uh, I just actually watched it earlier this year for the first time. Loved it, of course. Um, but I think there's uh, space for both. They're both worthwhile adaptations of, you know, the source material. And, uh, yeah, I love the new movie, though. Very good. Uh yeah. Rachel Zegler, star-making performance. See her in <laughs> Shazam next year, right? And Snow White <laughs> coming up. Get your tickets ASAP uh, <laughs> for the Shazam sequel. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah. I'm trying to think of something else. Uh, like, noteworthy. That's, what else has come up recently? Uh, Nightmare Alley. Uh, did you see it? I did not get to see that, no. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. I just saw Cry Macho. Yeah, uh, it's good. Yeah. Pr- pretty good. It's I like, had not seen a yeah. Clint Eastwood movie since... What was the problematic, like, Asian one? <laughs> From, like, ten uh, years ago? Gran Torino? Gran Torino, yeah. That was the last <laughs> Eastwood movie I saw when that came out, so it had been a yeah. long time. My, my man has uh. aged... A lot, and, like, he was already super old at that time, so, like, what's the yeah. difference? Uh, 91. 91. Right. Could you make it to 91? No. I'm not no. sure I'll make it to 31 yet. We'll see. <laughs> hey, a few more a few more days right, for you. No, whoa. Listen, take it easy, buddy. Till 30, not 31. One year at a time. Oh, well. <laughs> didn't, I didn't click. Yeah. Um, yeah, Grandma watched That one kind of, like, came and went. That, one, that was like, oh yeah, Clint, was that 08 was or movie 09? on HBO and then Gran Torino. Yeah, sorry, I thought that uh, was. Oh uh... wait, yeah, yeah. And wasn't he? Was his acting performance nominated for an Oscar or? Uh, I don't think ooh, so. But the movie question. was definitely nominated for Best Picture. Yeah, um, yeah, that sounds right. He's made anyway. better stuff than that. Yeah. Like, that's kinda <laughs> it's kinda weird that he's like, that's not the representation we're looking for of Clint's uh directing. No, but Cry Macho, uh I enjoyed it. It was good. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh it's yeah, I don't know what to say about it. It's it's just like the movie that he should be making at, at this age. And you're so, just like, Yeah, you're not overstepping your your reach. You know? Yeah, I was surprised like his directing, his craft is still, like, on the money, I thought. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it's just, like, a very traditional, like, Western. Like, he has to get this kid from A to B and 
It's a good time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I got to And, like, not much, many of his movies are streaming. Like, it's not the full mm-hmm. catalog is at a certain place. Just kind of... Sometimes you have to pay money for it. I'm just like, oh, that's interesting. Like, director of that uh, popular... Uh, of a resume. I'm just, I'm just trying to think if I have one more thing to add to recent watches. Um, trying to <laughs> scroll through my diary. How fast. Um, wow, we're going to read your diary on air, Jack? Oh, it's getting personal box. tonight. Oh my god. <laughs> um, dear diary. Um, diary of a Wimpy Kid by Jack Draper. <laughs> <laughs> um, I caught up. I saw Bound for the first time to catch up with. Now Richard I know that one is not streaming anywhere because I was hoping to watch it this week and was bummed. Bound is on Pluto TV, which is excellent. Okay. Yeah, and also Cloud Atlas. I just finished. Just I've never seen. Yeah. Hype nice. for Matrix. Getting yeah. in those Wachowski watches. Yeah, I, I decided to opt for those. And not a trilogy rewatch, um, but no, they're both really, really good and ahead of their time, mm-hmm. which I'm sure will be the same for Resurrections. Um, yeah, my year from is here from Roy Dishno, uh YouTube channel. Hello, how's it going? Hey, lovely to have you. Thank you. I also yeah. love Bound. If I'm gonna yeah. <laughs> put in my two cents. <laughs> yeah, it's um. It's like wow, I can't, like it's so self-assured for a debut. Um, have you totally. seen anything good recently? Oh my god. Um, frankly, no. I've been wa- I've been purposely watching terrible movies with my roommate. Uh, Hell yeah. Going for sheer comfort. Not good. The only good movie I've, I've watched recently is It's a Wonderful Life in prep for Christmas, and yeah, it it adds up every time. It holds up. It's a beautiful, gorgeous movie. I cry every single time I watch it. Uh, but no, nothing recent. <laughs> mm-hmm. All bangers all the time. So would you agree that it is, in fact, a wonderful life? Oh, okay. Let's get... Let's kind of take it too far. <laughs> Jeez. I would say... Well, Ty, Ty's coming George, out with If I was a really generous, opinions. nice man who had a lovely, gorgeous family and a beautiful house, I would say yes. <laughs> Great. If I was mm-hmm. George Bailey, I'd say, yeah, I think so. That was a nicer person. <laughs> Jimmy Stewart yeah. in the mid nineteen forties. He he was out there doing Lovely, stuff. Lovely, gorgeous man. Yeah, we love him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, great actor. Great actor. Um, yeah. Uh, something we like to get to know our guests for is how they fell in love with film in the first place, or if there's a way from their childhood that they always think about that leads their love of cinema. That's a great question. Um, well, my dad is a huge movie buff. He watches movies every single night. Um, he's introduced me to like a lot of great movies. Um, he introduced me to Blade Runner when I was really young, and that was kind of like, I think one of the the more prestige movies that I watched at a young age. I think that kind of got me into like cinema with a capital C. Um, but. Yeah, I don't know. It's been kind of like, like, I've always loved movies, but the movies I watched when I was little were like, or like when I was like younger were pretty like pop culture girl movies, like The Princess Diaries and stuff. So I can't really say that got me into like my love for film. Um, I think in high school, I just started taking myself really seriously and started watching like genuinely good movies and like all the classics. Um, And that kind of got me invested. Uh, There was weirdly a movie that has been like widely panned by critics but it was like the first like movie that i thought was like amazing cinema it's called four rooms i don't know if you've seen it oh yeah tarantino directed tarantino, part of it yeah tarantino directed part yeah. of it like people tim roth is in that it? movie tim yeah. roth is like the bellhop yeah. it's like four different directors and like i saw that and was like this is the most amazing thing i've ever watched in my life um didn't know it has like 10 percent of rotten tomatoes like it's like not not widely loved but that i think that is kind of one of the first movies that really got me into it <laughs> weirdly <laughs> enough yeah, that is interesting. I think Robert yeah. Rodriguez is the other director. Mm-hmm. There's, there's, yeah. there. I think there might be four. There's like, cause there's for each room. I think there's a different director. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm not, I'm not 100%, yeah. But gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. 
Yeah. And then the self-seriousness in high school then led to video essays. And you're like, oh, how can I just take this a step further on the internet? And you're like, I really want to tell people I like myself and I like hearing myself talk. <laughs> yeah. I have a lot of opinions and I want to tell them to the world. Yeah. And that's how I ended up here. Uh, yeah. My whole job is just saying my opinion. Yeah. Informed opinion. To yeah. The world. Yeah. Yeah. Basically. Like almost nearly hour long opinion now, but your your channel is awesome. I love it. It's it truly like a really really good discovery of mine, and I think I think I truly think video essays are like the next step in uh, pop culture criticism and film criticism, and like anyone who can master it and not make it like okay, I'm so bored right now. It, that's like pretty masterful, and you're up there with one of my favorites. Thank you, that's very yeah. kind. It's definitely democratized. Yeah, like film criticism, I think, just media criticism in general. Mm -hmm. Usually a pretty difficult industry to get into. Yeah, definitely. definitely. Mm. <laughs> and I always try to reach out to more video essayists. Like, is that even what they're, what they're called on in? That's like, it's so new. Like we don't even know what to, yeah. But it's like, do we call you culture critics or is that demoralizing to other? I don't know. I don't really know what I call them. Yeah. I just say video essays because it's like the most specific thing I can think of. I don't want to call myself like a film critic or anything because I just don't think. Yeah. Because like video essay doesn't even limit you to filming. You can... No. Yeah. And I'm not like Roger Ebert, so can't really, yeah. can't really walk around saying I'm a critic mm -hmm. of sorts. <laughs> it makes me think uh, a, a joke they make in the new uh, HBO Max show Station Eleven. I don't know if y'all heard of it or have watched it yet. Yeah, yeah, I got it. it it's really fucking good, but uh, the first it's three... CR's top ten, you know. Already? That. <laughs> See, that's that's crazy to me because there's only been three episodes so far. Like, I hate when people... But anyways. And I the first, I'm not wrong about that, but... Yeah. No, I think you're probably right. Um, But uh, a joke they make in the first episode is, like, so the guy probably like around my age um 31 he, right <laughs> all right i'm out of here uh he meets like an eight-year-old girl um and and she basically she asks him like are you do you have a job and he's like yeah i'm a pop culture uh critic i, I have a website and you know i review no i'm, I'm an unemployed <laughs> <laughs> He's like, yeah, basically, yeah, I'm unemployed. That's essentially the vibe. Yeah. <laughs> I'm an unemployed person who talks for an hour at <laughs> a time. And people watch it, and people somehow, like, tune in. And... Yeah, that's kind of yeah. how it People goes. worship you. Yeah. It is It is a little weird sometimes. Like, even with this, I'm amazed that one person, like, just, just one, will be like, oh, wow, new episode. Play, you know. With a certain cadence or something, people are like, well... Oh, yeah yeah <laughs> if you come up with like a title that sounds like wordy enough you can be like oh well that's what is this <laughs> yeah. i'm so entranced yeah yeah <laughs> um bridesmaids i'm engaged oh my god he asked me last <laughs> night <laughs> what is happening so will you be my maid of honor of course i will i don't know what i'm supposed to do but... no just whatever throw the bachelorette party yeah in the shower and <laughs> uh, when was the first time you saw this? How did it enter your life? And yeah, did you see in 2011? So, yeah, I saw it in 2011. Mm. I was actually trying to rack my brain about when the first time I saw it was. I would have been in grade 9 or 10, I think, when it came out. Okay, so we're and, like around the same age. Yeah, 2011. Yeah. 22. Um, whoa, crazy. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I think I like... I don't know if I went to the theater to see it. I'm not really sure the specific context that I first saw it in, but I remember it being like, I was like, this is one of my favorite movies I've ever seen. Just, it's like weirdly so, so incredibly relatable, even though I wasn't like her age at the time. Um, and also just so cringe. It's kind of like the peak. I actually can't, I'm coming in with a really controversial opinion, but I'm going to just stick to it. Mm. I think <laughs> Bridesmaids is the last good blockbuster comedy i think that's kind of like objective that's kind of is that objective? i wasn't sure if that was it? so yeah, controversial. Yeah. i haven't seen yeah. a comedy that's like big budget that i like have liked in since that one basically yeah uh it's turning 10 years old this year uh which is bleak and yeah. also you know, like everyone kind of agrees like this is one of the master like 
stone cold classics in the comedy genre just like straight up comedy no like arty hybrid drama thing it's just yeah Tacky. Like, I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is about them, but, like, none of them seem to have any, like, moral core that I think Bridesmaids really has. And I think it's the same, like, I think back to also Superbad, which I think is also one of the, it was, like, to me, one of the last, like, se- like successful sex raunch, like, whatever, raunched comedies. Um, where it just has yeah, another like, masterpiece. Really, yeah, and it has this, like, really touching center that it just, I find a lot of recent comedies just lack. And I think Bridesmaids mm. really speaks to that. Like, I find it so incredibly relatable and like painful in in a weird way um yeah which makes it kind of like whatever withstand the test of time yeah definitely i think super bad and bridesmaids both share a big heart at the center but it doesn't reveal itself until the final scenes Mm -hmm. like in this distance i think in the last scene before the wedding with uh helen and annie and then lillian and annie just like their reconciliation and apologies and how they're gonna move forward it's like okay well then that's that's like the point of this all yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I think Superbad's the same, too. Just yes. Like, at yes. the end, you're kind of like, oh, that's why you've oh. been such a dick this whole yes, movie. Like, exactly. I get it yeah. now. <laughs> We're going to miss each other. Yeah. Yeah, um, the same goes for Annie. Yeah. Uh, Ty, what about yourself? Yeah, I would uh, largely agree um, with all that. Uh, 2011, I was in college already, just getting started. Um, and I definitely saw this in theater the theater experience i don't really remember though i just do remember that i did see it that summer and i think this was like a may release um if i'm not mistaken uh and i saw it with some friends and i remember really loving it um and i remember even more than that though my sister uh, my younger sister was in high school still and she like really took to the movie and it became one of her like favorite movies in high school um by the way it is a may release okay thank you um then i had not seen it since then until either this year or last year some other time in co in quarantine i rewatched it for the first time in a decade and i was like man this movie is it holds up it's fucking great um and then watching it again for the pod but you say what did you say? There hasn't been a great studio comedy since then. I That's my take. <laughs> I wouldn't take it that far because I do think there were a few great one, few more great ones in the next couple of years there. But definitely, it's been a long time. Like, I really love Neighbors. That came out a couple of years after this. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I, I haven't also seen the second been... one. Uh, but the, the first Neighbors, I'm like... I rewatched you it recently. Too. with the sorority, pretty much. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, the Roseburn connection, and she's. We'll get to her. She's great. Um, yeah. This is the end. Is another one from that era. I love. That 21. like mildly traumatized me. Like yeah. I saw that. I remember that theater <laughs> experience. I mean, like after that, Channing, like the Channing Tatum ball gag, the gimp. Yeah. 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 Thing, I was like, oh, okay, I need to leave. <laughs> yeah, it like, it's very much that like moment, I was like tolerate, like I was fine, but then that moment I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, it's like the Rogan friend group type of humor, like notched up to eleven. And it's like, yeah, yeah I, I feel like I need, I like was at a party for way too long, and yeah. <laughs> um, my I guess if we're revealing our big takes now, I think Rose Byrne should be the one that was nominated and not Melissa McCarthy. Yeah, Rose Byrne's doing a lot of subtle heavy lifting. Yeah. No, not heavy lifting. Sorry, I... everyone's doing their equal lifting, but she's just, mm-hmm. yeah. She, I think because the role is just more subtle, like the, the comedy of her role is more subtle, that it, it's less, like, memorable to people. But yeah, Rose she doesn't Byrne make... is very underrated. Yeah, she doesn't make Helen too outrageous. Uh, we all know, or could, some, or could imagine someone like this, where it's very passive-aggressive, and uh, the jealousy is just very easy for Kristen Wiig to portray like mm-hmm. oh my god so she's just fantastic everything that comes um, out of her mouth is just so and like she just represents this like aspect of like female dynamics like women to women dynamics that, that's so accurate just these little tiny digs 
every single mm. time she opens her mouth <laughs> towards Kristen Wiig. These, like, little aggressions. Tiny little aggressions at all times, no matter what, even when she's trying to be, like, <laughs> nice. It's just, she can't help it. Like, yeah. Like, it's like a compulsion. Yeah, um, yeah. So it's almost like when, like, you have to perform in order to be friendly and nice to everybody, and uh, Annie is, is hard, as having it come harder and harder and maybe she never like experienced it before how hard it's going to be until she meets helen and it's like oh wait i can't just be kind to everybody because i can't i need to like learn be i need to learn how to be kind to myself and then like Mm -hmm. realize that lillian is moving on with her life it's yeah it's just like really well written um yeah i believe it was nominated for screenplay but wow maybe i have to double check yeah, I didn't look at that, but that's awesome if it was. Yeah. Definitely d- yeah. deserves it. It actually, like, yeah, I think it kind of overcame quite a few, like, comedy genre barriers. Uh, yeah, yeah. Because it was like, a massive hit. It was a phenomenon, uh, and I think yeah. it also did a lot for, like, women in comedy in general. Like, I think it was yeah. like, it's a pretty, like, fundamental, I don't know, breaking point in terms yeah, of definitely. comedy. Yeah, Especially, like, coming off of The Hangover and, and like, oh, yeah. how its sequels, like, were around the time of Bridesmaids coming out, and it's, and it's almost like, oh man, like they can do what The Hangover is trying to recapture a little yeah. bit, like even better. Um, oh, the but the movie cost thirty million to make, and it made nearly three hundred million dollars. Like that's wow. really yeah. outstanding, and would not happen ten years later. No. Um, <laughs> I saw this just now. I, <laughs> it's pretty. Uh, I don't know. Like Bridesmaids, I had always known of i'd always know it's cast that uh it was paul feig and john abbott's producing and yeah like mccarthy and the screenplay were embraced at the time i don't I really like have a reason why i kept avoiding and it was just like oh I, I know of it like i'll get to it like it, but it's it's like whenever i have to admit like oh i've never seen it in its entirety um yeah but it, it's fantastic Exactly. Yeah. 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 Um, it has my two favorite things in it. The 2008 recession and women who don't have their shit together. It's like, it, it's the perfect combo for me. Mm-hmm. Critically. <laughs> so I'm, it's one of my babes, but. Mm. Yeah. Who can relate? Uh, <laughs> a recession. That would never happen. Uh, that would never happen. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, I found that interesting too. Rewatching it last night, like I was like, "Oh, I didn't catch this before." Um, they literally comment on it like verbally, yeah, um, with the bakery. Not only yeah, can it, it doesn't feel forced either. It doesn't... No, mm-hmm. and not only can the recession take away your business, it'll take away your boyfriend. And the movie is also positing that it could take away your best friend, which is mm. not pretty interesting. That's mm. yeah, that's true. Or at least she's blaming it on the whatever collapse of her friendship. Yeah. To a degree. Another uh, notable aspect of the movie that kind of hits home for me is like the um, Milwaukee-Chicago connection. Yeah. Uh, as someone Do you have who's... a relationship to, to, that, to that place? or? Well, most of my life I live about halfway because they're about, they're less than two hours apart. Which is, in the movie, she's like, they're making a lot of trips back and forth. Like, oh, we'll go to Milwaukee, and then go to Chicago for this event, blah, blah, blah. Like, I usually live, like, halfway between the two, a little closer to Chicago. But just the way it's done in the movie, like, how the two cities are kind of, like, very much connected. Um, They're characters in their own right. Mm -hmm. Kind of. She gets, I know, she gets her for the bridal shower, like, all her favorite things from Milwaukee. I just think in Milwaukee is a really interesting setting for, like, I'm yeah. intrigued. I wonder why they put it there. Like, is, is Kristen Wiig from Milwaukee? Oh, in really real life, I'm not sure. Because um, if not, that's, it's like, I'm, I'm so intrigued. Why they set mm-hmm. it there, yeah. Yeah, it's pretty cool, though. Yeah. Not you, New York or LA that you expect. Um, you know what I was just thinking in relation with, like, uh, this movie and the wedding like breaking up friendship and whatnot and Chicago is um my best friend's wedding, Julia Roberts, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Seems pretty yeah. similar. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's true. Yeah, that's a good one. Except without I, the romantic also... undertone. Yes. Yeah. 
Um, it is very funny that Tim Heidecker is just a- absent. Just didn't like <laughs> like Doug could be a card- cardboard cutout. And it's like wow, that's. But in a good way, I like that they're not fighting over a guy, and it's very much the breakup of of a friendship, uh, which is like pretty hard to do um, yeah. and make it feel so natural. I'm gonna look through my notes because I actually. <laughs> or maybe not like a breakup, and then like, but they go through more rough patches uh, yeah. than maybe you would assume pre the movie. Uh, yeah, I was thinking about that at the beginning too. I was like, hi. Like I said, I rewatched it pretty recently. I was like, I don't remember like the man that my Rudolph's actually marrying, like being a part of this movie at all. And he's not. He's like in one scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah the dueling um, uh, engagement speeches. Yeah, he's really just like standing there, and it's like well, that's the only mention of Doug. And he's there to um, react. Yeah, he's just there for reaction shots. But um, I think that's fine. Like, you know, yeah. the story has nothing and, to do with him. It's even funnier that it's like one of my favorite comedians alive right now. <laughs> yeah. 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 I think that plane scene, like I was watching it. I watched it today just to refresh. And uh, it's just so iconic. Like I'm, I'm going to yeah. see that. We're going to see that, I think, go down in movie history. Because like, yeah, it's so funny. Like every single time I watch it is so fucking funny. And it feels like so improvised, but it doesn't feel like, but it also feels staged. It's a nice mixture of the two. Uh, yeah. And Paul Feig has this video up on YouTube that he's breaking it down this year for its anniversary. Oh, he's talking cool. about how much they had to block it. Uh, Kristen Wiggs, like how how much he added to that scene, and like, yeah, what kind of name is Stove? That's an appliance. Appliance. Yeah. He's like, no, just a man. He's also the flight <laughs> attendant's a really good straight man to her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. her routine. Like, he's really yeah. funny. <laughs> And the, what did you give her? Yeah. The guy playing the air marshal. Um, yeah, Ben Falcone. Yeah. Melissa McCarthy's husband. Husband. Mm-hmm. Which is also is that real? Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. He's also a filmmaker, um, which is like a double-edged sword because it's like you, you understand why they work together, um, but if you look at some of their work, it usually makes like worst of the year, like yeah, <laughs> like worst movies of the year, like Tammy or something like that. Like oh well. What? What are you doing? Uh, I think Selena should change here. But Whoa, weird. I didn't know that they it. were like a filmmaking duo. Yeah, they were a filmmaking duo and not like a revered one, which is like, you would think <laughs> you, you'd want to like push each other. I, I don't know. Power I can't comment. But I, yeah. <laughs> well, basically after this movie, because like we already talked about, it, it was like a phenomenon that summer. Mm-hmm. Um, and And most of this cast was... Like not not like complete unknowns, uh, but they definitely were not movie stars. Any of them. Um, yeah. I would say the biggest star in the movie at the time was probably Kristen Wiig, and that's because she was like the star of SNL at that point. Mm-hmm. And that's like as big as it was. Everybody else was like, "This was their big break." I and think so, Rose like, coming was has, has done did quite a few things. Before she this, did but movies, but she wasn't like a, a star. Yeah. No. 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 Yeah. yeah. Like uh, Chris O'Dowd had the IT crowd. John Hamm hadn't done that many comedies. John Ellie Hamm. Kemper just joined The Office. Um, Melissa McCarthy, this broke out Melissa McCarthy, and she got a nomination for it. She was so, on yeah, yeah, Gilmore yeah. Girls, but yeah, it was a very different vibe than what she's giving right. here. Like, it's like a 180 watching her in this movie versus Gilmore Girls. Mm-hmm. But so after this movie and that moment and then seeing where all of their careers went, like, at the time, you were like, oh, Melissa McCarthy, she's going to be, like, freaking huge. Like, everybody loved her in this. And I would say she was for a bit, but then it kind of, like, fell off because she's done a lot of bad movies. She's like the wrong mm-hmm. projects. Yeah. Spy was really good, right? Um, was that with her? Yeah. Um, but it wasn't, like, a huge hit like this. It was more, like, critically acclaimed. Um, and then... Yeah. In 2015, Spy was, like, more of a... That was more of like a critic's favorite. Like, yeah. oh no, see this one, and then nobody saw that one. Right. Yeah. yeah. Rebel Sometimes Wilson I'll look too. up. Yeah. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah, Rebel Wilson. Like, I, I think this is just in the start of or in the middle of the Pitch Perfect movies. Pitch Perfect um, came out a couple of years later. Yeah. 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 Rose Byrne, um, I would say, because then she had Neighbors, and that was a pretty big hit too. Mm-hmm. Um. 
And then since then, she hasn't done that much either. So, yeah, I, I'm, I don't know. Yeah. yeah, it's a big. It was a groundbreaking movie, I think, for yeah. for actors at least. Um, yeah, it's interesting. There's that- someone that uh, that was going to be one of the bridesmaids. I'm trying to. It's a very traditional who- throughout the past like 40 years. Traditional, the star of SNL is making the big comedy and it brings them out to become like a movie star. And it was like that for Kristen Wiig. And I mean, she definitely hasn't made a movie as big as this since then, but it was like after that, she she was basically like too too big for SNL after this movie came out. Yeah, she was yeah. huge. I love Kristen Wiig. I think she was on the out. Yeah. 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 And she's uh, really good in this. Yeah. I love something about movies that are about 30-somethings women. Mm-hmm. they're always about them not feeling like they're they're adequate in where they are in their lives like i just find that like a huge trope of movies about 30 somethings women uh a huge one with this movie like she's like where should i be it's always the question is always like where should i be at this point in my life and they're never there and like for her it's like she has to move back in with her mom or she lives with like two shitty roommates and it's, it's just interesting to see um yeah. but i like yeah i like that there's not really any romantic stress on her in the movie kind of fun except oh, yeah. for like you know the cop boyfriend but like i really like that relationship though it's their dynamics really cute yeah it's so cute i i heard someone say like he's terrible in this movie and they wish someone else played and i'm like no he's great no he's perfect <laughs> yeah. roads yeah, Similar yeah. To super bad though really interesting take on cops in these movies like, like yeah yeah it's a very interesting they're, just like, oh, they're fun guys <laughs> yeah they're kind of like yeah. fun guys kind of self-aware about how like depraved they are but like yeah that's they're, true like, funny yeah it doesn't make it any better yeah. yeah yeah it's interesting i don't know like yeah. i've never met a cop like this like ever yeah. no never he's like well i'll pull you over it's like oh <laughs> it's like feig and wig are almost writing cops on how they are the opposite how they're the opposite of how they're perceived yeah um yeah if every cop was a quirky small bean man the world <laughs> could potentially be a better place with an irish accent i can't believe you kept accent. the accent that's so bizarre um i know it's, it's interesting not, choice i don't think irish and american are that hard to train like to it's not much of a stretch to put on an american accent if you're irish but maybe not maybe not. you know what i can't do yeah, an irish accent, so i don't i won't yeah. talk i won't talk <laughs> I've just heard Chris O'Dowd with an American accent. It's like, okay, that's not that bad. It's not like you just sort of couldn't do it. But... I like well, that he's Irish in it, though, and they really explain it so flippantly. Like, yeah. <laughs> One thing and, I, and, yeah. I thought and was John, weird. At one point, he's like, oh, that guy talks funny. Yeah. <laughs> she has British roommates uh, yeah. with Rebel Wilson and... Uh, What's Matt the freaking guy's name? Matt Lucas from yeah. Bake Off, which Bake Off, yeah. I only know the connection now because I just watched that for the first time. Uh, Bake Off, um, and I'm like, this—he's the worst part of Bake Off. So I'm like, get this guy out of this movie. No, he sucks. <laughs> he's yeah. in a, that Alice in Wonderland. He doesn't he play Tweedledee and Tweedledum? And oh my god! Yeah. And also his brother. Um, they're yeah, they're twin comedians, which is like oh. God. oh. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Um, I know Neil, uh, the better co-host from Bake Off, uh, pretty objective opinion. I yeah, love opinion. he and Rebel Wilson's dynamic in Bridesmaids, though. Like when they're like, "Yeah, we thought that it was just too weird for a big a grown-up brother and sister to be living with a grown-up roommate." <laughs> <laughs> well, why didn't it say diary on it? So... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think yeah. There, there, it's the right amount of them to not make it like, okay, let's speed it up here. You know? Yeah. But, if there's too much Rebel Wilson in a movie, like, it's actually un- unbearable. Right. This movie yeah, has this, the, this is true. She kind of is at her perfect, like, comedy here. And then, like, every single movie I've seen her in since, it's just like, it's too much. Like, stop that. Mm-hmm. Definitely. But this one, yeah, she, we all, she nails. We all remember where we were when she taught us how to be single, right? Like, that's her, I think. Uh, I like and Dakota I like Johnson. that movie, but she genuinely is so out of place in it. Like she does not need to be in that movie. Mm-hmm. They could have taken her out. She's one of those people where it's like you are a supporting role for a reason. Like, yeah, and she. Yeah. I think she gets pigeonholed a lot too, though. Like her her comedy is just very like one note, and mm-hmm. I don't know if that's her fault or you know the fault of yeah directors, casting directors. I don't know. It's like we don't need you to go broad all the time. We can yeah. <laughs> you can tone it down and. You can tone um, it down a little. 
it, at the time, this also had, which was uh, dinged for being too long, which was a common criticism of, of Apatow um, adjacent or directed comedies, especially things like 40 year old virgin knocked up funny. I'm, I'm just naming directed comedies. Um, I don't know. I don't get it. I don't get it here. I think it's great length. Uh, Annie's uh, arc, uh, deserved that runtime. But... It didn't feel long to me. The one thing I will say that could, could make it feel that way is I definitely feel like comedy wise, the movie definitely peaks in the airplane scene. And after mm-hmm. that point, it becomes more of like a traditional, like regular rom-com. Whereas up to that point, it was like laugh out loud every freaking minute. Um, like, um, what do you call it? Banter. But after that point, I feel like the plot kicks in more for Annie. Uh, and it becomes more like a, just like a regular rom-com. But I like that part too. Like, so it didn't bother me, but um, I could see that complaint. Yeah, definitely. I think you kind of need the, like, kind of uh, sobering up of the comedy in the last act, kind of, to kind of get her to where she needs to be. I yeah. love the idea of a movie of a character that starts at rock bottom and just goes bottomer as the movie goes on. Like, they get even more bottom as the movie goes on. Mm-hmm. You're like, wow, she's having a terrible time this whole fucking time. I love the the commentary on uh, class in the movie. Oh, with um, he'll come back <laughs> with um, uh, what you call it, uh, Annie and uh, Rose Byrne's character specifically, because obviously Rose Byrne's character is like very wealthy, um, and and they they make note of that like very often. Well, the wedding is so outlandishly inaccessible. Like, the way that, the, like, the bridesmaid dresses, like, they all have to pay for their own. I don't know if that's standard with weddings, but then each dress is, like, she wants them to be, like, $800. I find that, like, I that's these are the parts where I find, like, uh, Maya Rudolph's character frustrating. Because it's, like, you know that your best friend is right. currently financially unstable. And you're, you're not going to, like, stand up for the fact that she can't afford a lot of the things you're trying to do with this wedding. It's interesting. Yeah, definitely. Mm. Maya Rudolph's character it is a weird thing because it's like, okay, Kristen Wiig is definitely, like, going insane and, like, causing some, like, crazy shenanigans that, like, if they happened in real life, she would be, like, have a restraining order against her, like, what she does at the, um, what is it, like, the, the bridal cookie? shower? The cookie? Yeah. I'd be like, okay, she's not coming to the wedding. Like this person, and I love crazy. my bleached asshole. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. At one point, like Annie's behavior becomes less and less cute, and it's like you need to work on your own shit before you start bringing it to my my own life. And the dynamic becomes really interesting because, like, she she's like wallowing in this self pity. Um, that she can't help but be like, oh no, but feel bad for me. And it's... well, yeah, it's 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 an interesting kind of like rumination on how much of your problems are self created. Because like there are moments in this in the movie where it's like you can see how all these like interweaving aspects of her life have made her do this one thing, and then sometimes it's like the things she does are just inexplicable. And it's just interesting seeing where which one is coming from, or like where the actions are coming from. Sometimes they make sense and like you understand why she's doing them and sometimes it's like no you're you're doing this because you're a bit of a petty selfish person sometimes. Yeah. And I like that I like yeah. that she's like incredibly flawed. I've acted like that sometimes in my life <laughs> not not to the extent of eating a cookie but I like I like the kind of sourness of the friendship dynamic. Like I feel like I've had that with my friendship dynamics over yeah. the years and like just this kind of like paranoia and like whatever frustration that she's kind of exhibiting. Yeah. It's really interesting. And of course, like we get this with being in purgatory, like you mentioned in women in their thirties and she's not upset with Lillian going on to getting married to Doug. It's just like directed at herself. And it's like, why can't I have that? And the jealousy and yeah, it's all about her own inadequacies, which is where mm-hmm. I think all of the self-created problems come from is because she, everything has to do with, it's all about her. It's all relational to her and her feeling inadequate instead of like, oh, I'm happy for you that you've achieved X, Y, Z. 
Yeah, definitely. John Hamm certainly does not help with that dynamic. <laughs> he is such a good character. Like that, wow. Yeah. The accuracy yeah, and, is crazy. Yeah. He's a hilarious guy. Uh, I don't want to say get out, but you have to. <laughs> yeah. At one point, he kicks her out, and it's like still dark outside in the morning. Like, he yeah. kicks her out. <laughs> I was like, why is it nighttime? And now it's all of a sudden it's day, and my roommate who was watching it with me was like, oh, because he kicked her out at like five in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah and i didn't realize like like when 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 they're in bed together and that gif of, of him like in bed is like that that's been all over the internet since 2011 yeah and i didn't realize it was from this yeah really internet internet meme mm-hmm. yeah yeah he's a douche in this i yeah. love it i i think he he seems so happy to be playing that role too he's uncredited too it's, so which is interesting i didn't know Whoa. that yeah why I don't, I don't know. I, I think it was, or I mean, like there is a reason, but it was just, he wanted to be left out. So it'd just be like, I'm just doing this for my friends. They don't like, market just, him for the movie. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. They don't market him. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's just like a little fun project for him. Mm-hmm. Good for him. Yeah. And he wanted all the bridesmaids to be on the poster and, and he want like him or Chris or. I to, love John Ham. Yeah, team on the poster. He like. I think. Do we love him? I don't know. I, yeah, I don't know. Oh, yeah, yeah, he's I great. Mean, I he's that. hilarious. Uh, yeah. Madman's like a... my favorite show of all time. Oh. Yeah. I, yeah. I should get on that. <laughs> but you see his range because you can do comedy like this, and Don Draper Madman is like one of the best dramatic performances like there's ever been. So he's a real mm-hmm. one. He's got yeah, he's got like multiple Emmys. <laughs> no, I think he only won I'm just one. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think in my mind, I'm just like you deserve it. He, an Emmy he for should have season. like five. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm trying to think. I wrote a few things down about the movie that that struck me, but I think I've said them all. Yeah, I just like I love a recession movie. <laughs> I love how soon after the recession people were commenting on the recession in movies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I don't know it, it's so subtle though. Like I actually can't think of other movies where it's this explicit. Yeah, that's it, true. it is interesting for us going back and watching these movies from that time because obviously we we weren't adults then. So mm-hmm. the recession it was something where like I knew it was happening but like I didn't really feel it. Mm-hmm. You know, I wasn't paying any bills. Exactly. So Going back and watching movies from this era and movies commenting on that, it's like, wow, like, I I had no idea, like, what it was like, actually, because I was a kid, you know? Well, yeah, like, being a Mm -hmm. young adult at the time would have been probably pretty interesting. Like, I don't know. Or I guess guess she was a business owner, which kind of changes things. I don't know. My family was pretty affected by the recession, but, like, um, Mm -hmm. I still don't, like, yeah, when you're that age, you're kind of like, eh. (laughs) Even if you are being directly affected by it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. And even more so, like, any being so shit on in the final act like it must have the mood of a lot of americans being like wow all my finances are gone like my mental health is depleted like it must in return have a lot of relatability at the time well yeah seeing the ripple effects of what like that kind of thing does to your self-esteem like it actually like watching i thought i think a really interesting scene is when the cop tries okay i first of all found it like i would be annoyed too he like tried to get her to fake in the morning when she woke up after they hooked up and it was like Okay, I get where you're coming from. He was from. trying like, to be here. sweet. You haven't even eaten breakfast yet. Like, <laughs> chill. Um, but I think it's interesting the way she kind of responds to it is so... It's almost like she went through, like, a, a pretty traumatic experience. Like, and it is traumatic losing a business. I think that, like, really is detrimental to your, to your mental health. And so I think her, like, whenever she is baking, like, is kind of making baby steps towards, like, working on herself. And then when she shies away from baking is when she's doing pretty badly mental health-wise. And I think that's interesting. It's kind of like confronting the trauma of like the business and like learning to love to bake again. It's so interesting. Yeah. Yeah. In this interview that Kristen Wiig gave, she's like, I'm sure Annie was pretty ambitious to start her own business in her twenties. And now it's the reconciliation of that in her thirties and like the business failing and trying to find a new path in life and growing as a person to see Lillian go in a different direction. Like those things coincide with each other. It's really well done. 
Yeah, totally. Lily kind of going and getting married and, and her saying that, like, she doesn't want to lose, like, this apartment she has on her own. She doesn't want to lose, like, her best friend and, like, lose the life she had. Yeah, it's a similar thing. I, I mm-hmm. completely agree. Letting go. And even... Her. Yeah. Oh, no, sorry. Yeah, you... <laughs> uh, the moment when she shows the ring and she's like, I'm getting married. This is amazing. Like, I can't wait. Uh, you can see Annie is, like, visibly upset. <laughs> Like, she knew this was probably coming, and she's like, oh, shit, it's finally here. Like, what do I do? She, she knew it was coming, but she didn't plan for it. And it's like, I need to stop thinking about her and start thinking about me, but also I like feeling bad about myself, and that's that's also interesting. And I don't think she did know it was coming because in the their scene before that, they kind of set up that this will be a surprise because um, Lillian's like, uh, complaining about her relationship and, and it makes it sound like it's going south and then all of a sudden the next scene yeah. she's like oh I'm engaged and she's like what? <laughs> I feel like I've been having this with my uh, best friend over the past couple of months I like essentially I had a partner we broke up and then ever since then my best friend and I have gotten so much closer and yesterday we were like I'm gonna be so sad <laughs> the next time you get together with someone because you're leaving me in the dust like, right I think right, it right, definitely right. does like kind of pull you apart slightly I, I saw that in like Francis Hall too is a similar I don't mm. know if you guys have seen Francis Hall yeah 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 oh, I love it that's a great point yeah I love it of like yeah the partner kind of taking away this like it's like it's almost like you're in your own little relationship as best friends mm-hmm. like that you have to work on and tend to and then if a third person comes in you're like three's a crowd mm-hmm. yeah yeah it's a different power <laughs> dynamic <to> break up. <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. yeah because one person can only fill themselves for another and it's like you only have a certain amount you can you can yeah, do, there's yeah, only so yeah. much attention you can give to other people mm-hmm. so. yeah 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 and annie like clearly needs her in these moments too and I don't know. Yeah, it's interesting how much you can like lean on your friends in times of crisis. Um, I think the movie kind of questions that too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and what Lily gets out of Helen is also interesting. Like, can Helen just buy friendship with like wine nights and like uh, facials or something? Like, or will you? Would you rather sacrifice that all for like the years of history that her and Annie have together? It's that's also well, yeah, I was like, does Lily actually like Helen? <laughs> mm, yeah, true. <laughs> like, they were supposed to go to Paris together, and you're like... Or does Helen actually like Lily? <laughs> true. Yeah. Helen just likes attention. Oh, it seems mm. like she loves her, yeah, because she needs attention constantly. Yeah. Mm. Um, I think I think one, uh, one of the more hilarious uh, components of the movie that we haven't really talked about... Besides, obviously, I would say the most is, or up there is Melissa McCarthy, but another one is uh, uh, Ellie Kemper and uh, Wendy McClendon-Covey. Their relationship is hilarious because uh, Rita, she's like, she's the older one. She seems like the oldest of the group. She might be like 40 or like in her early 40s. And her kids are like a little older, like nine or something. She hates them. And she's seen everywhere. (laughs) She's basically like, my life is like so miserable. And she just like makes all these funny ass comments. And Ellie Kemper's like in her 20s, like lovey dovey, like talking about like how she's only been with one guy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And their dynamic is perfect. Yeah, true. They're yeah. sexually unfulfilled and then kind of seeking it in each other, which is like so funny. And Wendy McClendon Covey, she she was gonna that was gonna be uh, Catherine Heigl. That makes sense. Oh, uh, uh, okay. Yeah. Whoa. You can kind of see that. Least, no, I, I'm I'm happy with. It's a good that. Wrong about that but she's hilarious. Sure. Yeah, she's great in that. What else is she in? I actually was wondering that when we were watching. I was just she's looking. Been in things, but nothing like comes to mind. Like, yeah, she hasn't been in was much. She in Barb and Star this year. They cast her in Barb and Star, and it looks like she uh, starred in the Goldbergs. That mm, ABC right, sitcom. Right. Oh well, she's great in this. I I love the the like dissatisfied alcoholic housewife trope. Love yeah. it. Always love it. It's always a kicker. Yeah, uh, the Goldbergs. That's the show with uh, Harvey Weinstein. Right? No, I'm oh just kidding. God. That's <laughs> with, a curve joke. Yeah. With uh, what's his name? <laughs> Jeff Garland. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Season 10, yeah. No, but the line where uh, she's like, 
oh, we're, we're thinking about having kids or something. Ellie Kemper says that, and then Rita's like, you know what? My my nine year old son came over and he told me like Mom, why don't you go fuck yourself? <laughs> when she was like cooking <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. That's so true. The plane, every single dynamic of the plane scene, like I would love to just break that scene down. Yeah, like, oh you could like, easily Yeah. Yeah. Tell me dynamic. I'm poor. <laughs> yeah. <it's> like, <laughs> that's another gift that's always floated around. Oh, and that's, and that that's that iconic, fun. yeah. Yeah. I love that she sees a colonial woman on the wing. Like, I love yeah. that. <laughs> She's oh. wearing traditional colonial gear. And and <laughs> the, I lo- okay, I love the big question of, did Rose Byrne know what she was doing when she gave mm-hmm. Annie the drink? I, or I would say probably. She... You think so? Probably. It's, yeah. it's hard to yeah. know how far her, like, her how conscious her sabotage is. Like, it's it's hard to tell, I think, in the movie, which I like. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Like the scene where they've all been food poisoned, which is another freaking iconic scene, and they've all been food poisoning, and they're trying on dresses, and and Wig is like in a stare down with Burn, and like trying not to show that she's how sick fine. she I'm, is. I'm actually, pretty hungry. She's like yeah. dripping sweat. Yeah. She's like, I feel fine. <laughs> Rose yeah. Burns, like, are you sure? Like, the, the it seems like there, she totally knows what's happening, and she's like fucking the with her. There, she's like. You know, you ate a lot of that weird chicken. It's like, yeah. you ate a lot of that. You also ate a lot of that disgusting beef. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's good. And also, like, that's the uh, passive aggression that you'd find in, in a lot of uh, relationships. Maybe their diet is being controlled by other people, like, that don't really know you. It's like, oh, well. Like, that's just, like, another really interesting way to fit that into a scene that's like, what is going on here? Or at least I didn't... Um, I didn't realize where it was going to place in the movie, but I knew that they shit themselves at one point. Because uh, that's another one. Like, the plane scene, like, it's pretty famous. And, the trailer you know, like... is iconic, and I think it features a lot of mm-hmm. these types. Like, the, I'm going to party tomorrow. Yeah. yeah. Like, like, all these little moments were in the trailer, yeah. I think. Um, <laughs> we yeah. should probably just go into uh, favorite scenes then. Uh, one thing we haven't talked about is the tennis. Like... Rose Byrne playing tennis with uh, Kristen Wiig, and they're just like really going at it. I mm. thought that was very funny last night when I was watching it. Um, I mean, I don't know. Do people really change? I think they do. Yeah, but I mean, they still stay who they are, pretty much. I think we change all the time. I think we stay the same, but grow, I guess, a little bit. I think if you're growing, then you're changing. But I mean, we're changing from who we are, which we always as not really i don't think so i don't think so i don't <laughs> oh annie these are my kids oh. step kids step <laughs> oh. they're so hilarious funny. <laughs> excuse me my husband's kids what are you guys up to going to the snack bar awesome you need to ride home later F- off helen okay put a quarter in the swear jar good to see you so cute, sweet kids. And I think uh, I think that's where you meet Rose Burns' kids. Kids, yeah. And her son like t- tells her to go fuck herself, or they're her stepkids. Her yeah. Step-kids. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I thought that was a good yeah, she's one. Like, shut up, Helen. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Speaking yeah, of kids, are like really nasty in the movie. Just every All kid that we encounter, yeah, like <laughs> like even that date that Annie goes on and <laughs> and he calls her a con <laughs> <laughs> oh, the at work when the little the the teenagers yeah 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 like, friendship charm yeah yeah I think my favorite scene is when if we're not going with the obvious like the plane scenes and stuff I really like the scene where Rosebird like a uh, Helen comes to apologize to Annie I think people just ask me to their weddings because I'm good at organizing parties I don't have any female friends. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, you're smiling. It's just, it's just, this is the first time I've ever seen you look ugly. Makes me kind of happy. <laughs> I look ugly. No, I don't. I don't really look ugly. No. You're an ugly crier, but that's okay. No, I'm not really an ugly crier. No. This is my makeup. I still look pretty good. But kind of has mm-hmm. so like a lot of trouble doing it, and Annie's like, 
they're in the car together and Annie's like, I don't want to hear you talk. I don't feel bad for you. And she just keeps going. Like, she's mm-hmm. like, and I just thought it was really all like you with the food poisoning was not your fault. And Annie's like, yeah, it actually was my fault. You don't need to say that. <laughs> and she's like, you actually. You're really ugly crier. Yeah. And she's like, no, I'm not. Yeah. No, I'm not. <laughs> Rose I mean, Burns. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, just the character so idiosyncratic and weird, like, uh, the, like Her- Helen's character. Uh, and just kind of unlikable the whole movie, even when she has her redemption arc. She's, they still keep her as, like, pretty annoying. And I respected that. <laughs> I like that she's annoying up till the very end. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I'm just thrilled nobody took this. It's the dueling uh, engagement speeches. It's so good. Oh, yeah. I had to rewind it, like, twice. Um... I just wanted to say really quick that you're so special to me because, well, one of the reasons is because I've known you my my whole entire life, and you've really helped shape who I am. I just want to thank you for carefully selecting me as your maid of honor. (laughs) I know you had uh, some other choices, but um, you're like my sister, and I love you. Well, that concludes the speeches for the night. Thank you. One last thing. I, it's rare to meet someone as an adult who you really connect with, and that's you, Lil. I went to Thailand recently with my husband, Perry, and there's a beautiful saying that I learned there. Kun ben sung nong kong chan, sung chan ja kat madai, mai ben chen It means you are a part of me, a part that I could never live without, and I hope and I pray that I never have to. Masterful. When she speaks Spanish, yeah. yeah. Um, Lillian and I took Spanish in school. (laughs) Yeah. um, No, when she stares her down before she starts singing, she's like, Lillian? And just stares (laughs) at her for like a good 30 seconds. And you're like, oh. Oh my God. and that's and that's all I have to say. Oh, oh, we're going okay. <laughs> and the facial reactions of like everyone else in the crowd. <laughs> yeah, like they, they don't say a single word, but there's a point when they all start cheering, and you're like, oh, the crowd's really trying to get them off the stage right now. Yeah. <laughs> like the crowd's trying to intervene politely. Yeah. And Dougley, oh, inside joke. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. It's incredible. Yeah. Um, I guess to I mean not to take up any more time, but just. Mm-hmm final thoughts on why there hasn't been a great studio comedy since then because for one that comes to mind for me and we've shouted it out in many episodes trying to manifest an episode on it it's called game night and i think that is one that comes the very closest of being as masterful as this one still haven't seen that one i know you're gonna love it you're gonna love it i swear to you you haven't done a uh episode yet no, I'll, no. I'll have to. We'll have to do yeah. it. Oh, yeah. Rachel Adams, you know I love her. Oh yeah, um, she's the best. Jason no, Bateman. I guess because um, yeah, I I that would be my biggest takeaway from from rewatching this movie is they seriously do not make movies like this anymore. It yeah. has been like we said at least several years. I mean, even Paul Feig doesn't make movies in like this anymore. Like his I think yeah, comedies career. are just trying to go like. Well, for one, I think comedies try to shove in way too much top 40 music every single... Yeah. Like, like, just blasting top 40 music the entire movie. I don't know what it is. How to be single did that. That's, like, one of the more recent comedies I've watched. Booksmart, a movie I love, is overboard with the music. Ooh, my, that is, like, the main reason I'm not a huge fan of Booksmart, is the music I find insufferable. And it's just... I just find that they, That's they a fair try criticism. to go way too big with, with the comedies now. Like, they don't... I just this bridesmaids feels quite small like it's it feels local and it feels like grounded and I just find comedies these days go way too big with what they're trying to do mm-hmm. and it's like I I I think and they're I think to me I think that they're just that they're missing a heart because of that um and I think bridesmaids kind of toes that line between yeah. ridiculousness and like uh groundedness yeah definitely like keep it simple and also like a lot of st- what you'd find in studio comedies can also be found in TV now um, so I guess there's, and that's just another example of how TV and movies are becoming more interchangeable. And also the fall of the movie star has also made it harder for, uh, actors 
and actresses to transition from drama to comedy and vice versa. So it's, I think it's a lot at play here, but once we, once we talk about more studio comedies that have gotten to this level, maybe not surpassed it, then it could, it could just be like a further investigation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Maybe I'll do my next video on it. <laughs> hey, there we go. Love it. Uh, looking, if that does happen, um, uh, I'll be, I'll, I will certainly uh, love to check that out. Um, <laughs> Thank hey, thanks so much for being here. It's been an absolute yeah, blast. Thank you so much for having thank me. You. You've got a great yeah. podcast going here. <laughs> <laughs> thanks so much. All right, um, so where can everybody find you? And Ooh, would you yes. like to promote anything? Um, well, I just posted a video Plug today anything. on a pretty yeah. political topic, but it's on fast fashion. Um, seeing how that's going to play out. But uh, yeah, you can find me on YouTube at Broadway Day Chanel. Um, I'm also on Instagram under the same name and Twitter under, I think, Day Chanel Broadway. Um, uh, so yeah, check me out there. Where did that name come from? I've always been curious. Um, I, it's, it, I wish I could change it at this point. Cause it's like so silly, but it was my, yeah, it's like the email name. you make as a kid or something. Well, yeah, exactly. My yeah. friend, I, my, all my friends had these celebrity pun Instagram names. Like my friend was like Emma stoned and like, I don't know, we just like, <laughs> Reese with her fork. Uh, and I really wanted one. And so my friend Angus came up with the idea of bro or yeah, bro Chanel. Um, and then nice. I just kind of made that my YouTube name when I, when I made my YouTube channel, um, not thinking it, and it would, you know, kind of become a thing. And then yeah. now here I am stuck with it. <laughs> I, I like it. I like it. I, I, now really I am. Here I am selling out. You're connected to Zoe Deschanel forever. Like People 80 years from now. People constantly ask me if we're related and I'm like, do you think a parent would have children and name them Zoe and Broey? Cause that, that feels yeah, a little bit. Funny unhinged to me. Well, it's funny. Like, unlike the other celebrity pun names you've named, like, I would think Broadway Day Chanel is an actual name rather than the others. They're just like, oh, well, they're clearly riffling on someone real. I know. I at first glance, at least. But no, but they look at it's like, wait, that's not a person. Um, yeah, Broadway's, Broadway's not a person. Yeah. <laughs> um, I can be found on Twitter, uh, Jack A. Draper. I'm on Letterboxd, Jack Draper 7. My writing on film is on Boston Hassle and uh, Sandflix Daily, my own personal medium. Uh, this movie is available on Peacock, which have not said often. Interesting. <laughs> Love that for this movie. And gladly we'll watch again with or without heads. Um, next week we have uh, Damsels in Distress with Stillman's 2011 comedy, or Staying in 2011 uh, with Wood Stillman's comedy with the crew from Cows on the Field podcast. Some might say these two films go hand in hand uh, with Stillman and Paul Feig, <laughs> brothers from another month. <laughs> uh, yeah. But uh, no, I... I, think, uh, I believe both uh, ensembles with women, I guess. Right, right. No, looking forward to that one. Haven't seen it, so excited. Um, you can find me as always at T Money Talks on Letterboxd, uh, where I proclaimed a new number one film of the year for myself, uh, The Card Counter. So, you know, hooray for Paul Schrader. Uh, find me on Twitter at T Money Talks, where you can find me uh, having an existential crisis over the course of the next week, turning 30. Uh, mm-hmm. So yeah. Oh, thank you, thank you. Um, and, and yeah, more of that. Get, getting in those watches before the end of the year. Fun times. Uh, thank you all so much for listening. Remember to rate, review, and subscribe. Follow us on Twitter at ettpod. Uh, follow us on Instagram at exiting twenty tens. You can. Oh, you know, I just us. realized that this episode is gonna come out on christmas so i guess merry christmas so, merry christmas yeah yeah this isn't a christmas movie there aren't many of them in the decade but uh <laughs> I, yeah. we are excited this is your bridal christmas gift 2021 uh all right catch us next time on exiting through the 2010s Oh my god.